Welcome back to Remember Country Music. This week I got to hang out with the legendary Tony Arada. It was an absolute pleasure getting to know Tony as a person, as well as hearing all his great stories, writing so many phenomenal songs for such great artists. We also talked about his new record, Getting Older. Tony Arada is on the RCM Podcast, coming at you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Remember Country Music Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Corbus. And uh, today, I'm really, really, really excited. You know, each week when I get to do this, it's it's always a, uh, a blessing. It's something that I that I love to do. I love to sit down. I love to talk. I love to uh, create relationships and talk about some of the things I love. But um, today, today, today's a, one of those ones for me where uh, I was on the calendar and I couldn't wait to get it started because, you know, uh, I get to welcome, in my opinion, one of the best to put pencil to paper when it comes to writing and country music. And that is Tony Arata. Um, Tony, thank you so much for coming to hang out with me. Thank you for coming to sit down with me. I, I Trust me, it means the world. I really do appreciate it. Kyle, you are most welcome. And thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. So let's, let's talk about you a little bit here. I know we were talking about briefly, like, like, like we said, I, I I'm from, uh, I'm from New Jersey. And right now, you're in Nashville and it's snowing. I haven't had, I haven't seen snow yet this year <laughs> and it has snowed more times in your area than it has in mine. Right. You'll have to come South to find the snow. I guess so. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can tell you this, Kyle, y'all handle it a whole lot better than we do. Um, you probably couldn't find a quart of milk at Kroger right now. Uh, it's all gone. All the shelves but are empty. Everybody out. panics down here when it snows. <laughs> well, you guys don't have snow plows, right? Isn't that like the biggest thing? No, no. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that doesn't stop anybody from getting on the roads. Well, that's and true. So anyway, it's 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 uh, every man for himself down here when it snows. You got to invest in a snowblower now, I think. I don't know. <laughs> With all this stuff you got going on. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm way too old for all that. <laughs> but you're, you're very kind to even think. <laughs> um, I'm not a I'm not a snow guy. I don't mind the cold, but you know, for me, if the snow's gonna stay by you guys, selfishly, you can have it. I'm I'm That's right. right. I'm okay. Well, in, is... in 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 uh, interest of full disclosure, I I grew up in South Georgia, so the only thing I like that that's that color out there is uh, sand, <laughs> and uh, so I'm much more much more at home on the beach than I am in the snowbanks. I that's can tell right. you that. I couldn't agree more. I agree with you. I'm totally there. So you said you're from South Georgia. So you went to uh, you went to Georgia Southern, right? Is that correct? And I uh, did. You have I journalism. Was, I was born in Savannah, Georgia, and I I grew up out on a little place called Tybee Island, Georgia. Very cool. Uh, that'll always be home to me. Um, and yeah, I went to Georgia Southern back in the early, well, the mid seventies, I guess. And uh, interesting enough, uh, my wife was there at the time, Jamie, and we were friends. And then we had gone to high school together as well in Savannah. Uh, we didn't start dating until the day after we graduated. So wow. we've been together ever since, since uh, June 27th of 1980. Wow. Uh, we've been together. Wow. 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 That is Wow. I, I don't even know if I could imagine that. That, 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 is, a, well, that is amazing. Well, <laughs> well, Kyle, I'm looking at you and I can tell you that you weren't around in 1980. <laughs> I, I was not. I was not around. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that well, is I was a, a long time in on 1980 or in <laughs> 1980. So that is, that is fair. I am. I, I was not around 1980. I look young. I look very young. Um, 
I may not be as young as you think. I probably am. I'm probably probably pretty young to you, but um, I have a baby face. Can't grow a beard. Nothing. Can't do any of that. So, <laughs> so even when I go to go to a bar or a restaurant, I say, Hey, can I have a beer? They say, are you 21? Yeah, I'm 21. I'm 23. You know, you know what I mean? So like uh, I, I handed my ID and, and, and you're, tw- like, you're 23. Yeah, I'm 23. Yeah. I'm I've got strings older than that <laughs> on my guitars. So, but well, yeah. that's wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, you know, I'm wise with age, as some people may say. No, no one says that. Trust me. Um, so you, you at Georgia Southern, I, I understand that you had a journalism degree. I also went to school and have a journalism degree as well. Do you think uh, in terms of songwriting that, you know, is, is, is your journalism degree, was that, was, was songwriting always there for you? Was it always in the back of your head where, where you said, oh, I'm going to come out with this degree, but um, I know what I really want to do. And, and maybe this could help me get to that point. Well, I, I always knew that, I, well, I guess from about the time that I was, uh, 16 or 17 is when I first started dabbling around with writing verses or mm-hmm. poetry or whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I always loved the written word. Uh, and it was so when I went to school, uh, I actually wound up with a journalism degree, Kyle, because at some point I had wasted so much time and so much money up there that my father finally said, what do you have the most hours in? And I said, well, English journalism. And he said, well, that's what you are. And I get out. <laughs> so that's how I wound up with a journalism degree. Uh, but two ways that it, it did pay off uh, in the future. When we moved to Nashville, obviously, they didn't need another songwriter. Uh, and I was very fortunate to use my journalism degree along with some articles I'd written for. I was loading boxes at UPS at the time when we first moved here. And uh, I was loading trucks out there, and I, on my in my spare time, I would write articles for their company magazine, and I I used those and my my degree to finally get a, a job as an editorial assistant at a trade magazine in Nashville. Wow! So in that regard, it helped me. But now, in years that have gone by, I see how some of the things they drill into you, uh, your first few classes in journalism, really paid off which is there's nothing more important. They'll tell you 1,500 times a day than the lead. There's nothing more important than the first line of a story. Mm -hmm. And of course that has has helped out in in songwriting. Um, Most songs are only three minutes and probably don't have but 15 or 20 lines in them. So everyone's important and none more important than the first couple because that's how you're gonna set the song up. So I guess, Somewhere in my subconscious, I guess it, it certainly paid off. All but, right. uh, they always say, don't bury the lead, right? Isn't that always the most important That's thing? right. Never don't bury, bury the lead. lead. Never right. bury the lead. And don't wait till the third verse to tell somebody what the song is about. Because <laughs> right. they're probably going to have moved on to the next song. That's right. right. That's right. I, um, that's, see, that's cool. Because I, I, I think that, that um, you know, in terms of writing, that, that it's, that's kind of nice that you've, like, like even you said, you moved to Nashville and you were packing trucks at UPS, but you know, there was always something else there. And so then you went ahead and, and took that next step. And then that brought you to your, to your, you know, your, your end goal. Um, and I think that that's awesome. Do you think that uh, you mentioned poetry a little bit there? Do you think that, uh, you know, so one thing that I was told 
why a while back. And I never thought about it this way is that uh, someone said, I, I, what helps me most when it comes to writing songs doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily, you know, um, listening to other songs. It's actually reading, you know, th this person reads a lot and uh, they read poetry and things of that. And that really helps with their songs. Um, do you, do you, would you agree with that? Does that, does that help you too or no? Well, I, I can't say I'm well-versed or well-read in poetry, but what I did do is my, I was the last child in my family and I had an older brother and three older sisters. And I was way down the line. I was uh, the last of the litter. And so they were all either married or gone to college by the time I really became aware of this thing called music. Mm -hmm. But what they had left behind was a, uh, a treasure trove of, of old albums and so I can remember when we first moved to Tybee, uh, spending hours just reading the liner notes of all, and I'm talking about albums from every genre you can imagine. My folks were into big band. Uh, and then my brother was into R and B. My sisters were into the, you know, the, the whole British invasion. So I had a, a wide spectrum of, of lyrics to read. And that's what I would do is as the songs would play, I'd sit there and read the lyrics as they went by. I've always said, I, I, I know for a fact you can't write a great book if you've never read one yeah. and you can't write a great song if you've never heard one. Right. So it, it was a, it was a bit of an education just sitting there reading these classic songs and you, you begin to realize there's a reason why they became classics is because they are so well constructed. It's not just, the thought they convey, but the way they convey it. Yeah. And so that is, that's a very, that was a very wonderful lesson to um, that. I just, uh, as with most things in my life, just stumbled across. Yeah. That's so, that's so, so cool. I, I think I'll remember that. Cool. You can't write a good book without reading one. You can't write a good song without, without listening. To no, I, oh. no, I, um, when I, when I do go out and talk to people, I tell them, you know, just think of your favorite song. Well, if you sit down and, and read that song and, and really study it, there are reasons why. It's not just that you remember where you were when you heard it or who you were with. Mm -hmm. It's because technically and thematically, they're, they're tight. They're, yeah. There's nothing missing and there's nothing, uh, you know, that isn't needed to be there. Yeah. They're just enough. Right. And uh, that's what and, and it's it sounds so simple, but it's one of the hardest things on earth to 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 come to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is to know when you're done with a song and to know when you're not done with a song. Those are the two, those are the only two things you really need to, you know, take into account. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So 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 speaking of, of great songs, you have uh, written some of the best for some of the best, right? Um, that, that is, that is who you are. Just off the jump, just name some of them, obviously. Um, How Catching Patty Lovell, Seelbridge Boys, Reba, Dolly Parton, Randy Travis, Clay Walker, Tanya Tucker, Trisha Yearwood, and obviously Garth Brooks. Um, so you just, just that list in itself is just, it's just unfathomable, but um, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. You moved to Nashville in 86. So you go to Nashville and then uh, you start writing songs. You know, you say you're working for UPS. You start, you start, you start writing songs. How, how do you get them out there to people? 
Uh, how does that, how does that, how does that happen for you? How at one point, and this can go for anyone today's day and age too, but how do you get to Nashville in 1986 and sit down and then say, now what? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember staring out the window and going, now what? Uh, <laughs> Now, in all truth, I had written, I had been writing songs long before we moved to Nashville, but everybody needs to know this. This is how I got to Nashville. Uh, to paraphrase Tom T. Halls, that's how I got to Memphis. Uh, <laughs> my wife, Jamie, looked at me one day. We were living in a little apartment down there in Thunderbolt, Georgia. Uh, we had been married a couple of years and I, I was writing songs and playing in bands and trying to get away with singing as many original songs as possible. And she said, you know, we can be broke anywhere. And which we were at the time. And those words have always stuck with me because it was like, okay, well, if, if you're going to write songs, you're going to have to throw yourself into an arena where something can actually happen with these songs. Savannah is a, is one of the, most beautiful towns on the face of the earth and some of the best people ever. Unfortunately, there's not a, a really big community there that supports uh, original music. Uh, they, there's a lot of music in Savannah, but not a lot of play outlets for uh, people who write songs. So that there's only a few places you can move if you're going to write songs and easily the most accessible was Nashville and that's where we landed. But uh, what you said is the truth. I mean, you, you land here and you go, what, what do I do now? Uh, I, I well remember going down to the Bluebird Cafe right after we moved here and uh, to check out what the competition was. Well, we should have done that long before we moved to Nashville. I can tell you that. Um, I mean, I, I'll always remember, you know, those first few, you know, wanderings into that club and seeing people like Don Schlitz and, uh, you know, Fred Noblock and Rodney Crowell and, and, uh, Matresa Berg. And you go, uh, wow. Uh, they don't, they don't need another songwriter here, yeah. but what it was, uh, a reminder of is that this is where things like, if, if you have a dream of being a songwriter, the, these, this is the town that has the outlets. But for me, I, I didn't know, we didn't know anybody. Um, so for me, the only outlet was the live music venues. And so there was a place here in town. Unfortunately, we lost uh, back during the, the big uh, COVID shutdown, a place called Douglas Corner Cafe. And uh, it was very hard to get into the Bluebird. It was it's such a coveted uh, room. Uh, and Douglas had just started up. And it was a place where you could go and play songs and, you know, do the open mic thing, sign up at the, you know, and sing your song somewhere in the wee hours of the morning to whoever was left. But it was oddly enough, Kyle, and this is the truth. It's pretty well documented, but it's, I remember very well walking in one cold, I don't know if it was a February evening, not long after we'd moved here. Uh, to the back, I snuck in the back of Douglas Corner and, and heard a young man uh, who was sitting on a bar stool singing a song in a cowboy shirt and cowboy hat. And it was a gentleman by the name of Garth Brooks. Uh -huh. I went up and introduced myself. He had just moved from Oklahoma about the same time Jamie and I had moved from uh, Savannah.
Wow. And, and mercifully, we've been, and thankfully, we've been friends ever since. But, you know, those are the things in life that you, you can't plan. Yeah. I mean, you can't say this was some grand scheme on, on my part that I figured that if I moved to Nashville, I'd meet the next biggest thing in, in all of country music history. But what it was is the fact that you were, you were, you had taken the leap of faith mm -hmm. to move here and allowed such things as that to even have a way to, uh, to happen. Right. And, um, you know, I owe that to, uh, you know, the only reason we, we moved to Nashville was because of Jamie, uh, who had the, the courage to do it. And, and when we got here, the only reason we were able to stay is because she kept the lights on. Uh, and, um, so, I mean, you've got to have somebody in your corner that believes yeah, in you. Exactly. Uh, I mean, my mama thought everything I ever wrote was the greatest thing that had ever been <laughs> to paper, but unfortunately my mama didn't run a record label and uh so uh but i was blessed with uh with the love of of someone who truly did believe that if if given the opportunity maybe something could happen and uh that was 36 years ago so i'm giving all the credit i'm giving all the credit to jamie that we're saying right here that's what i'm saying oh absolutely that's, that's I, what I'm trust saying. me i do i do and, tony, I, uh, I like you tony but i'm not giving you any of the credit <laughs> <laughs> well then you're that proves you're a smart man yes yes absolutely well that is that is that is amazing and and you know something that you said you know it's 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 courage in itself to to, to pick up and go to Nashville. like you said you know it's always it's always important to have someone in your corner you know like garth right garth like you just said you know you met you met garth at uh uh Douglas corner cafe garth went to nashville then left and then came back right so right um you know, even, even like you said, you know, someone who, who would, um, you know, be, be, be the biggest thing in all of country music, you know, even, even that. Well, and, and yes. And Garth, Garth has had someone in his corner since day one, too, is exactly. a gentleman by the name of Bob Doyle, who <laughs> literally has stuck, you know, they, there's, it's rare for uh, an artist and uh, a manager to stay together throughout everything. Right. And, and they, but they're friends first. And they were also uh, manager and artist back when neither of them had anything. Right. I mean, you know, so um, it's, it's, it's good to, and it's really reassuring to have known some of the people that I have for so long uh, and to realize that uh, yes, they became huge. Some of them became really huge, but, deep down i still know them as the people you know that i met them as and right. uh, that means a lot to me and that's like one that's one of the most important things that i always say you know I, I feel like you know you're human first no matter what what kind of success you go through you're human first so absolutely um you know that that's that, that that's how i look at it in, in terms of from the outside in but let's talk why don't we talk about the dance a little bit here i feel like we should then we're gonna okay. get into in, into your new record because i think it's fantastic and, I, uh, and i'm a huge fan of it um just by probably the 30 times i've listened to it already but uh, <laughs> well, I, thank I, you very I, much. I love it i think it's great so uh, but let's why don't we talk about the dance quickly and then we'll kind of move in or, or not so quickly whatever whatever you want to do but um so so the dance you, you like you said like we've been saying you moved to national in 86 you wrote the dance pretty early on correct uh yes in, in all honesty i i had a song 
uh, I had that melody uh, when we moved here mm-hmm. uh, and it, it had a different set of lyrics. Wow. And as I always say, if, if those lyrics had remained, me and you wouldn't be having this conversation <laughs> right now. Uh, but uh, anyway, yes. So not long after we moved here, <laughs> it's the truth. I went to see a movie and the movie was called Peggy Sue got married. And you're way too young to remember it, but <laughs> you may have seen it on, you know, reruns or something. But anyway, the gist of the movie is the fact somebody gets to go back in time knowing everything they know. And uh, in this particular instance, the actress uh, goes back in time knowing how bad her marriage to it was Kathleen Turner. And she realizes she knows how bad her marriage to Nick Cage turned out. Mm-hmm. So this time back in the past, when he asked her, to marry him, she says no. And there's a locket around her neck and the pictures of her children are begin to fade. They don't, they're no longer there. And we didn't have kids at the time, but it hit me so strong that if she doesn't marry him, no matter how bad it turned out, she doesn't get the love of her children. She doesn't get that joy. And that, that moment hit me so strong uh, that the next day I, I've got up and I wrote the lyrics to the dance in in a matter of, of, of a few minutes because uh, someone said a long time ago, you can't know how to start a song till you know how it ends. And uh, and then I knew where the song, what the song was supposed to be about. And yeah. so it was very simple to write it then. Uh, and uh, so I wrote the lyrics that became the dance. Uh, and that was 86, 87 right it was one of the first songs i wrote when we moved here that's that's, uh, that's amazing but it met it met tremendous resistance yeah. uh, because uh oddly enough it didn't have a bridge right and uh or not oddly enough it just didn't have a bridge and a lot of people said well we're not going to record it if you know it's just not finished so i tried to write bridges and of course they st- stood out like a sore thumb so i I just left the song as it was. Uh, and the reason it got cut is because I did another one of those open mic shows at the Bluebird Cafe with a young man that I'd met by the name of Garth Brooks. <laughs> and uh, this was uh, this was way, way back in the day. And neither one of us had a thing going on. I was still loading trucks at UPS and, and Garth was doing construction work and selling boots yeah. at boot country here and trying to get anything he could going. Uh, and that day I played it at the Bluebird at the open mic for nobody except the people that were playing basically. And uh, Garth said, if he ever got a deal, he would, he would wanted to do that song. And it was three years from then that he got signed to Capitol records at the on the same stage there at the Bluebird. Yeah. Uh, but the song was still available and I, I say this to all people who have ever considered writing on any level, you know, rejection isn't necessarily the worst thing that can ever happen. I was so grateful that everybody had turned that song down, you know, That's because right. it was, it was still available when, when Garth came back to, to ask about it. You know, I, I think that, that, that um, it's funny. Cause uh, you know, thank God it was still available. You hang on to that one for dear life because it worked. Oh, yeah. But um, I, I think it's, it's you know, what you just said about rejection. What I always say is that, and, and, I, and I'm not just making this up for you. I really do always say this. I think that in terms of life, 
rejection or failure, it's the only way you really learn from things. That's how you learn. You know, they, they happen. And, and personally, I think that your biggest lessons are if you get rejected or if you fail, because uh, then you have all this room to learn. Like that's as bottom as you can go. You can only go up from there. So sure. um, that, that's kind of how I look at it. So it's kind of cool that, that, that they, Oh yes. Yes. Way. And um, I, I think back when you, when you move here as a songwriter, uh, all you want is for somebody to, to take one of your songs. Yeah. Well, if, if someone else had taken that song, uh, I, I don't know what would have happened to it, but I guarantee you what would have happened to it wouldn't, wouldn't be the same as what Garth envisioned and what, you know, cause after, I mean, <laughs> In all honesty, Kyle, when I first heard uh, the song, I, I didn't recognize it. I, I didn't <laughs> think I'd made the album. It's the 10th cut on the album. And I was going to say, would you wait the whole album to realize that, that, that you didn't make it? Yeah, that I, I wasn't going to make the record. Because, I mean, I didn't know for sure. All I knew is Garth had asked me over to hear the album that he yeah. had just cut. It's his first album. And I didn't know if I'd made it or not. I knew there were 10 songs on there. So, I mean, when it got to eight or nine, I started getting nervous. <laughs> and then when the 10th one started, I did not recognize the song and thought, well, I didn't make it. So why is uh, that? Is, is that because he changed the uh, the opening? Is that why? right? It's well, Bobby, Bobby Woods played that beautiful piano intro. Yeah. And uh, it's it was so well, one, it starts on a minor key and in a, in a minor on a minor, uh, you know, uh, uh, but there is the proof of why there are things like artists and producers and musicians mm -hmm. that make great records. Yeah. Uh, Garth made the song his. It wasn't like, all right, here's the demo. Just y'all go in there and play it. Right. Um, which I have to say is done far too much these days. I don't mm -hmm. know how much creativity is really brought to bear. I think right. a lot of it is replication. And uh, I'll always remember... Uh, you know, so that you take a song that the songwriter doesn't even recognize the intro. It's like they've made something else out of this yeah. as a great artist will. An artist will make something theirs. Right. Um, they want to add their their part to it. Right. And uh, and so they did. I, I'll always remember uh, I was very fortunate over the years to have a lot of songs recorded by Patty Loveless. It was one of my all time favorites. And. I'll always remember Emery Gordy telling me, her husband and producer, he said, don't ever bring me a demo. He said, you just sit there and play it into your, I'll really date myself, just bring me a cassette of you, you know, playing it, you know, with your guitar. And the, and the lesson there was, if I'm going to call myself a producer, then it's up to me to make a record. It's, it's up to me to make something out of the song itself. And I don't think this, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, every element is, is important. The, the musicians, uh, the singer, the, the artist, mm -hmm. uh, the song, but I, I can't tell you how hard it is. And if you listen to make a great record, uh, I've heard great records of marginal songs. Mm -hmm. uh, and there is an art there. That's this. You say, I don't, I don't even know why I like it. I just love it. It just yeah. sounds great. It's yeah. just, and it's such a hard thing to do. And there's probably none better that, that ever attempted it than Alan Reynolds, who was of course involved in the making of the, the dance and all of Garth's records. Yeah. Uh, 
up till about the last five years. Yeah. Uh, his was a vision that, that was one of beauty that, uh, you know, it's like, here's the song. Let's just not get in the way and let's, let's put it and let's get it on tape and, and, and make it special. Mm -hmm. It's a lot harder than it sounds, but Alan, there was none better than Alan Reynolds doing right. that. Right. And I feel like you, in terms of records, you know, it is, it is, it is an art to be able to uh, put out great records and you don't see that nearly as much these days as I personally would like to. Um, there's just something about a full project that is beautifully done that you sit back and you say, wow, this was amazing as, as, a, as a listening experience, as, uh, as anything, you know, it, it is amazing. And I wish we saw that more. And I, I, um, you know, I, I love that you love the art of a record. And I think that that's really awesome. Just, and just a, a great, a great thing. I, um, something that I read um, that I love is personally, and I, and I know that there are a lot of other people that agree about this and, and you being the humble man that you are, I, I don't know if you do or not, but uh, personally, I think the dance is one of the greatest songs uh, ever. And I personally when I read this quote, I was like, now this, this is why I know that you are a, a great guy because uh, you said, I'll always be thankful uh, that a songwriter cut this song. And um, that's as true as it can get. That is as true as it can get. And I think that that's amazing. Well, I'll be honest, Kyle, having known him as long as I have, I, um, and I tell people, I, I mean, I, seen the boy fly around on a tether you know around the astrodome and i've seen right. him shoot out of a cannon um and i've seen him sing to a million people in central park um <laughs> uh, but when you um break it all down he's a songwriter at yeah. heart oh yeah and I, I i think there's some element of that that can be brought as an artist that you just can't if all you have to bring to the table is a is a um a great set of pipes, you know, um, I think, you, you know, you can go down the list. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, Otis Redding was brilliant artist, but he was also a great songwriter yeah. and he brought something of that to being an artist. Mm -hmm. Um, as does, you know, folks like Garth or, or McCartney or Stevie wonder or whoever they're, there's some element of the the understanding of the creation of a song that is uh that if you can the, uh, transfer that to tape you, you know it's it's amazing yeah um, it, it, it's it's and one very of those special things. very special it is one of those things that that um i always say that you know when i'm listening to a song if i'm listening with a friend or if i'm listening with my brother or anything I mean, if i'm sitting there and i say yeah this is a great song but this is even better written you know if if it, it's, it's something about the words of the song that stick out. Then that's that if, if, if you can, if you can pinpoint lines and, 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 and things like that, where you're like, whoa, like that was great. Then, you know, it's a, that, that it's a well-written song and that, you know, it goes, it goes, you know, 10 feet farther. If you realize that the person who's recording it also wrote it, or if the person that record is that's recording it is also a songwriter in themselves. Cause you can tell that, that it, it goes along that maybe even they wrote the song. So, you know, sure. It's, it's it's pretty cool. It's it's a pretty cool thing to listen to, and 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 you know that's why I love music, and that's why I love, um, you know, country music in general. I think country music is so driven by the by the art of song and by the art of writing, and um, 
that's why I love it. And that's why I guess we're here right now. <laughs> well, and it is, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, every man's poetry is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I've long admired, uh, so many of the, uh, the masters, uh, from, from way back in the day, uh, you know, I, trying to write a song as simple as as merle haggard seemed to you know just you know throw out like there were it was nothing to it is one of the hardest things on earth but uh you know and sonny throckmorton people like that that just can literally (laughs) i don't know if i if i ever walked into a room and had a line like all i want is what i had with you I just I go, what are we going to do for the next two hours? Because there's really not a whole lot else that needs to be said, uh, you know, and uh, my favorite Haggard song, you know, that's a that's a Throckmorton song. But my favorite Haggard song in the whole wide world, uh, you know, my favorite memory of all, you know, the first time we met is a favorite memory of mine. OK, well, let's go eat lunch, here, <laughs> you know. Might as, well, might as well just repeat that line for the next three, three and a half. That's years. right. And, you know, really, when you think about it, that, that song said so brilliant because the, the chorus is completely and totally universal. Yeah. There's only six lines in the whole song. <laughs> the chorus are three of them and they are universal. And then the three verse lines are so esoteric that only Merle knows what they're about. Yeah. But, which means you, Kyle, or me could add our three lines That's right. of memories to that song, and you'd have exactly the same song. It's yeah. it's sheer genius. It's so interpretational. It's That's the best part. So yeah. interpretational. That is the best part. I love that. That is that, I that is that is my favorite part, and that's why I love that song too. And that that is that is uh just amazing. It's it's so crazy that even that even a person could put that on paper and say, I got it. Here you go. Like this yeah, is it. I know. Like, this is it. I know. I know. Well, and you know, it gives me a great deal of hope that you, uh, as young as you are, 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 you know, are on to these things like that, because, uh, I, I think that there's a reason why they call songs classics, you know, mm-hmm. there's, they've, they've lasted a long, long time. And, 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 and because whatever they said at that time, you know, is relevant and will always be relevant, um, to to whatever day that they happen to be heard yeah yeah i it's it, it's amazing it really is i i love it and i uh you know it's uh it's they'll make their comeback i i have uh, i have uh full faith in the world that that the comeback will be made in, in some aspect um so let's talk about your uh about your new record here. it's called getting older there's yes. uh there's 10 songs um and uh, it's your first record in, in, in a few years here. And uh, it's great. And it's, it's, it's song right at the core. And I love it. And it's just an experience to sit back and listen to and, and, and listen to those lyrics. And um, I'm excited because uh, I'm going to get to look at the lyric sheet. And I really want to get to look at it. Just so I can follow <laughs> on. So that's oh, exciting. yes. Well, it's in the mail. <laughs> right. uh, well, and I appreciate very much the, the kind words about that. And, and uh, as I said, uh, you know, these are these are ten songs that that have not been recorded. Right. The most important thing to take away 
from from that isn't the fact that I it's a like a pity party or anything like that. What it is is it's it's it is proof. Uh, I hope in some capacity that, uh, as I've always said, whether anybody had cut these songs or not, I'd still have the same number of songs. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm very grateful to have been able to have made a living and uh, as a songwriter. But if I had done something else, I'd still have the same body of work because that's not unlike anybody else. I mean, that's just what you do. So, um, and these songs are very special to me and they're not diminished by the fact that no one has recorded them yet. I don't find them to be lacking or faulty. Um, they're just some of my favorites. There's some that I'm just, I'm proud of. And, um, I'm glad they're captured in a way that they can be distributed. And, um, uh, it was a, it was a real fun project because it was done very quickly. Yeah. Uh, button, button belabored. It's just everybody knew the songs and we played them. And uh, that was that. So so these songs, so you've you've been hanging on to them, which I which I love. And I think that that it that it goes to show you that um, songs, you know, like you just said, too, um, you know, even if you weren't making your living being a songwriter, you would still have the same, you know, physical body of work. And that's cool because, you know, even if you weren't here doing what you're doing, you know, you, you were, you, you would still be writing, which is, which is a, a test to, to that you love what you're doing and you love doing it. And, and um, you know, that's all always amazing to see. Uh, so these songs, um, what is the oldest one? Which one have you had for the longest? Do you know? Wow. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> Did I throw you for a curveball there? No, 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 no. Um, I'm getting, there's a song on there called nothing, nothing lasts like the past does. Mm-hmm. And I've probably had that one. I've had that from the day that I, you know, back in the day when I was uh, probably mid nineties or something like that, when I was uh, the the title, I tried to write it. uh, I thought it was a good country title. I don't know what it turned out to be, but I, I know for a fact that and a song on there called uh, getting older with the, the title track were just two friends that I got to spend a whole lot of time with. I, I enjoyed very much walking around with them or riding around with them for months uh, in, in their creation. Uh, I was in no hurry to finish either of the songs, uh, particularly getting older, um, which was, like I said, it was, uh, there's nothing more uh, peaceful to me than having some idea that you're excited about and you know you have the structure in your head uh, i spent very i spend very little time with a guitar uh once i know you know it's like you, you, if you know where the song is going you don't need to sit there and and wait for the the, the best lines if i ever have any any lines worth of, worth anything they've come to me uh just by grace yeah. I, I don't you know i don't have a it's not i i didn't find any good lines trying to rhyme this line with the one before it there has never been a line that i said that'd be magic if you could do that <laughs> but most of them just fell out and that's how you um, know right that's how you know that it's that it that it is a line that you want to use that's how you, that's how you know because it just comes to you sure yeah. sure and um 
and so with uh with that song that i mentioned that, that is probably the oldest and, and the song getting older they were uh it's probably why i'm not a very good co-writer because i'm i'm not uh I, i'm in no hurry to finish the songs uh getting older i literally walked around with probably for a year you know uh, just going back and forth and uh, it was, it was, like I said, it was a friend. Mm -hmm. um, the hardest thing of all was finishing the song because I had two verses locked in stone and I knew I had, to, you had to tie it up somehow. You had to make some point and making that point was, was really, really, uh, a challenge and I enjoyed it. And, and uh, but I remember when it, when it was completed and, uh, and then I knew I was done. I've never gone back and said, well, I need to look at this again. Not because I think it's perfect, but because I think if you spend, if you do, if you care enough about a song, uh, there, there's, as I said at the outset, there's only two things you need to worry about. Are you done? And, or, or are you not done? <laughs> and uh, you need to know the answer to both of those. And when you can answer both of them affirmatively, then, then you're done. And, it's one uh, or the other, right? There's no in between. You're either done right, or you're not right. done. That's it. <laughs> right. That's it. I love that. I think that's, that, that, that's amazing. And, 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 you know, uh, getting older personally, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this cause you said it is my, is one of my favorites on, on the, uh, on the project and, and uh, um, my mother's son is the other one, but. Um, well, thank you. You know, I, I think that, that, uh, I'm a big fan of getting older because of the fact that it, for the most part, it's, it's you and a guitar. And, and I love that. Yeah. And that, that opening lick there kind of, kind of like, like we were talking about the hook, right. That opening uh, guitar there got me hooked in like that. I didn't have to, I don't have to listen to the rest of the song. I knew that I was going to like this song just by that opening, you know, 10 seconds or wow. whatever it is. So well, that, that's um, very kind. So I, truly. I don't, I don't know why I remember listening to it. And I said, Whoa, I know I'm going to like this one because of that. Not sure. Well, you know, uh, that's interesting. You say that I'm going to be, you know, to anybody who's ever thought about playing or writing, you know, it, it, you don't need to necessarily be a virtuoso. Um, some of the best, you know, Bobby Braddock is one, probably one of the most celebrated writers that'll ever be in any genre. And he's, you know, Bobby, uh, be the first one to tell you, yeah, he plays the piano, but you know, not, not like Billy Joel plays the piano, but uh, it 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 was like there was something endearing about the fact that he doesn't play it like a virtuoso. Yeah, is the fact that he expresses the idea enough, which also makes it that much more accessible to everybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a reason why the Beatles, everybody played them. You you could play those songs. Yeah. You didn't have to be, uh, you know, a, a, a virtuoso to play those those Beatles metal melodies. That's right. That's right. Um, I love so that. There you was say some, that. There's something that. accessible about the fact that uh, uh, not being very proficient at your, you know, whatever instrument you play, if what you're really trying to do is convey an idea. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that, that 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 what you just said is so important. I love that you just mentioned the Beatles there because I, I think that that's how I, I I'm a I'm a big Beatles fan uh, as I feel like a lot of people are. But you know, gratefully, my dad played the Beatles growing up, and and you know, I I 
you know, that was one of my bands that I said, well, they're really great. And I think that the, 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 the most important part about the Beatles and about a lot of things that you're saying here is that the song is so important. And it does, you, like you said, you don't have to be the best guitar player. You don't have to be the best piano player. You don't have to be any of that. You just have to you can be able to accompany yourself and let the song do the work. I think right. that's so important. And there's obviously other aspects, like you said, you know, producing and, and like this, uh, you know, in today's world producing and, and, and there are some amazing uh, players out there that, that play some amazing instruments, but that's not always necessary. You don't always need that. No. It's, I think it's important. It's no, uh, as, and it is, it's, uh, it's, it's about the song mm-hmm. I've got it over my shoulder here. I don't know if you can see it or not. I, one of the few albums I have displayed is, is blood on the tracks. Okay. Uh, that, that was a turning point. Yeah. You know, uh, when I heard tangled up in blue, I went, okay, <laughs> I got to go find out about this. Yeah. And because it was a, one of those songs that broke every rule known to man and you couldn't stop listening to it. And so what what's there i got i got to go figure this i got to go find out about this isn't that the best part where you can say you know there's rules here but who says i can't break it oh absolutely that's the best well uh i learned one of the most important lessons of all there and i still give him credit i I will always give him credit he's he's still a brilliant brilliant writer of gentleman by the name of kevin welch uh i'd been told over and over and over again this is the way you got to write a song in nashville and then i went and saw him play and he broke every rule there was and i went okay well he's good (laughs) and uh i went well um and that's why you know it was right after seeing kevin welch that i wrote here i am and uh patty lovelace did and it met tremendous resistance because the chorus doesn't repeat verbatim and i said well kevin did it and uh he you know he's good uh but uh anyway so you you just have to settle in and probably nothing more important as as a songwriter's go okay well you know what i'm not going to be able to do this i'm not going to be able to do this and i'm not going to be able to do that all i can do is this is what i do yeah and uh i hope somebody likes it yeah. It's not as though you, you think you're the best that ever came down the pike. It's just the fact that at some point you have to determine what is it you do? Yeah. What is it you bring to the table? That's right. And um, I, I was always first and foremost concentrated on lyrics, you know, and, yeah. uh, and, and maybe using a turn of phrase that wasn't, you know, heard every day. Uh, not because just trying to be different, but because it, it's, it sang a little differently. Yeah. So you, at some point you have to just determine what it is that it, you do and, and try to be the best at that. Um, Cause I'll never be Harlan Howard. I'll never be Bobby Braddock. I mean, I, or be Sonny Morton or Which Merle Haggard Rada. or anything like that. I'll never, I, you know, they, they had those bases pretty well covered. Yeah. So uh, you just have to find your little spot and, and hope for the best. But you are you, and that's the best part. That's what, that's what makes you you. And well, you're it, very you know, kind. Pumps out the great songs, always. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's better than some. I mean, I've, I've heard, believe me, I joke with people. I, I say, they said, I hope I don't hurt your feelings. I said, Lord, I've been in the music business for 50 years. I, I don't have any feelings left. <laughs> so uh, you, you don't have to worry. But uh, I think one of the best responses i ever got to um 
I played somebody a song and I think the response was, uh, nobody's doing what you're doing. Yeah. And I thought it was, and then I thought more, I thought about it. I went, I don't know if that was such a nice thing <laughs> or not, you know? Uh, and maybe there's a reason nobody's doing what you're doing, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, uh, it's, it's been a wonderful, wonderful time here in Nashville. I've learned a lot and I've, I've met the, the best people, you know, uh, and, I have to say this, you know, um, Jamie and I, both our girls were born here. Uh, Katie, who helped with this interview, mm -hmm. and uh, and Allison, and both of them are, are rare breeds these days. They're actually native Nashvilleians. They were yeah. both born here, which is a which is a rarity here <laughs> these days. And uh, both of them immensely uh, talented and and so so very uh, smart and. Uh, and creative uh and i just you know i'm very blessed that uh you know to call the mars yeah i know that that's amazing that is amazing tony you i can't thank you enough for for uh coming to hang out with me today and coming to sit in with me i i really do appreciate it it is, it is um, one of these things that um you know when i look back at let's say I'm doing this a year from now, 10 years from now, let's say it all ends tomorrow. It's one of those days where I'm going to look back and say, wow, that was, that was amazing for me. And, and I hope anyone listening, it's, um, you know, just getting to hear Tony's stories and, and um, you know, everything that uh, he's accomplished in his career and, and just how, you know, genuine of a human being he is. I, I hope it all kind of registers through and uh, through your airwaves there. And I, I just really appreciate you coming to hang out with me. So thank you so much. I do appreciate it. Kyle, thank you so very much for having me and good luck with your, with your podcast and with everything else you pursue, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Everybody, thank you so much for coming to listen to another episode of the Member Country Music Podcast. Remember to resubscribe. Give us five stars. If you love the episode and follow us on Instagram at RCM underscore podcast, you can go listen to Tony's new record, Getting Older, which is out now, and um, do all the good things. Love it, share it, stream it. Uh, you know what we do here. Thank you for turning into another episode of the Member Country Music Podcast. That's Tony. I'm Kyle. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. Mm -hmm.